0: I
1: I'm finally proud of you. Which is the first Which is saying something because you know I've only known him for however old he is. It's only been 30 years. That's how close <laughs> we are. I don't know how old Bobby is.
0: <laughs> what are you that?
1: He's my hmm? cousin.
2: Just because you spend so much time together, you've tracked.
1: Like I don't even know how old I am anymore. Jay, nobody can count hey. that high. And, <laughs> and with that. <laughs> Let's get into this next episode of the Wave Podcast. I'll be your host, Kevin, as usual. Today, I've got Bobby again. Welcome back, Bobby.
0: I'm still here. Say hello. He's ready. still
1: here. He hasn't been fired. And I got Jay, Grandpa Jay over here with his hum- handlebar mustache. Long. Yeah, he's running out of time, so we better just get going. Tock. We tick need tock, guys. Yeah, you need to just chase my clout while you have the chance. <laughs> <laughs> and today, we're going to be talking about post-apocalyptic movies our top five favorite and that um is because of the current situation that everybody's in it kind of feels like we're in this post-apocalyptic world i don't know if you've driven around town at all guys but it's very strange when you go to your local burger king and there's like three cars on the road very weird you know what's, you know what's yes. even weird is
2: walking down ventura boulevard and you can jaywalk and stand in the middle of the street for as long as you want
1: <laughs> jay can you stop telling people where we live <laughs>
3: That's, just
0: da- that's dangerous. Jay <laughs> lives in the in the middle of the street, in Ventura Boulevard. Yeah, in you know, thats where we live.
1: That's exactly where we live. <laughs> Please donate. And we need all the help we can get. So yeah, it's been pretty crazy out there. So I think that uh, this subject aligns perfectly, and we're not trying to make light of the situation, but a little a little levity from time it to just time al- definitely aligns. helps. Good not why, why don't we get into the this episode? So we got our top five. Um, we've all created separate lists, as per the usual. Uh, So who wants to take it away? Let's start with number five. How about you, Bobby? You go first. You Um, know what? I,
0: I, uh, there's there's a lot of good movies. I I kept on looking through the list of you know post apocalyptic movies. Uh, There's a lot of really good choices. Unfortunately, there are a lot of good ones that I've heard a lot about but haven't seen. But uh, Bobby, (laughs) they got Got away away from you. What, What can I say, Jay? There's that classic guff. Um. So, I actually tried to go a little bit outside the box. Uh, some movies that uh, you maybe wouldn't have thought about. For number five, I went uh, Pixar. I went with WALL-E. So, I, I don't know if either one of you have actually seen it. But uh, the movie starts out, you have the the robot WALL-E. And he's basically like a, a trash robot, like cleaning up planet Earth. And it's nobody around. It's just trash everywhere, abandoned cities. It's I guess it's like the the equivalent of, like, the Mad Max universe. Like, it's all, like, kind of like a barren wasteland. And he's just content just cleaning up everybody else's trash. Uh, Everybody left Earth. Like, all the humans left Earth on a big spaceship. And uh, basically, like, for the first, like, 15 minutes, he's all by himself until another robot crashes down to Earth. And it's... This is probably, like... uh, (laughs) It's probably very interesting because he falls in love with the first other person or other robot he's ever seen but he falls in love with uh eve or eva because he calls her eva all the time uh and basically she's on earth looking for life and then uh, she finds in like a boot there's a plant that's growing and she takes that back to um she takes that back in a spaceship back to the uh it's basically like a it's basically like a cruise ship in space
3: yeah
0: there's like all these decks and everything and like Humanity has gotten us. Uh, <laughs> humanity has gotten so fat, slothy, and everybody is just like in a in a chair, like and just like zooming around everywhere. It's it's a very exaggerated, but like I could totally see it happening version of if humans all if all humans were just lazy. So this is yeah. not just post. This <laughs> is post
1: apocalyptic, but it's kind, it's not dystopian. This is like it, it is ideology not necessarily. This is what we all wish for. <laughs> being fat and walking around on a sliding around yeah <laughs> everyone is literally on vacation in space it's us so three love cruises so this sounds like a dream
0: <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's it's not like you know like a lot of other like mad max style movies they're like you know hopeless like there's no hope people are being taken care of people are like happy but they're like they don't know what it's like to be on earth and then like as you know as the movie goes on These characters, like the captain of the ship, he's like, "No, no, we're going back to Earth. Life is sustainable there. We're going back." So it's it's interesting to see. It's a light hearted take on the post apocalyptic world, and it's it's fun and it's it's just a good watch
1: and heartwarming, I'm sure. Oh, Um, it's very (laughs) yeah. That one got away from me. Not gonna lie. If you've listened, (laughs) if you listened to episode five of the Nerd Wave podcast, you would (laughs) have realized that I haven't seen a Disney movie since like the year
3: 2000. So sorry, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: uh some more than others all right jay what's your number five my uh, number five is you're probably not gonna like
2: it i think you probably have it on your list it's probably higher up. um but, but dread dread is my number five i love dread uh, i love the action i love the casting obviously carl urban we've talked about this before kevin and i love carl urban we want him oh, cast I, for I every every man you never say <laughs> Cast Carl Urban for this role, and it could be like Ronald McDonald. Cast Carl Urban. Bobby, you never
1: say cast Carl Urban for every single role that has ever come out. Yeah. That's true. I, guess I only do you
2: say that. <laughs> I do. Carl Urban is, is amazing, and then um,
1: Ava Green um,
2: is also amazing. Was it Ava Green? No, it's not. It's um, Lena Headey. Lena Headey, yes. Yeah. yeah, she's um, Mama. Mama, and just <laughs> if you guys seen the original Judge Dredd, this just blows it out of the water it, it brings the bar up a lot um this comic book style action um and just the visuals in this are so amazing when they're on the um what's the drug called slow-mo uh, slow-mo I... and everything is like seen through a prism or like soap like a soap film um it's amazing and like i said the action's awesome dread um carl urban is amazing at dread just that chin that voice he dread delivers the die. lines yeah, yeah it's perfect but the thing is this reason it's so low on my list is because no it's almost night. it's almost dystopian but it's not really because so- society isn't really thriving but humanity is still um you know well
1: really so flourishing I, i'm gonna have a lot more to say about this movie when we when we get to my choice but i, w- I will be able to comment on that uh that point you just made uh, because it is something i definitely thought about when making this list but yeah. um uh, because I, I was almost on the fence about like should i put this on the list but my reasoning is absolutely, and because it, right, it, it is, is definitely, it is very, I mean, very dystopian, and yeah, I'll get got, to why.
2: But, I mean, it's got mega cities, just like I don't know. Priest was pretty similar. They have mega cities, and yeah. obviously, the post-apocalyptic thing was caused vampires. That probably would have been further down, like number ten or something. Um, but just the way this just was executed, the way we got a new dread, um, as opposed to the last one. Last one was just cheesy, corny, and campy um but you know it's still like, worth the watch i, I mean, actually like it
0: i like it too it's, it's not it's good it's such a fun but like watch but it's like yeah. not good in like almost anywhere <laughs> so yeah that's the
2: reason this one's kind of low on my my number 5 is this is not so dystopian it's like semi dystopian but there's plenty of civilization left and, and there's some form of semblance
1: about- of law well i i am angry at you for having it so low but um, <laughs> it is still such a good movie so i'm glad it made it yeah. at least yeah. Definitely. Um so my number 5 uh it's a movie I actually saw kind of recently maybe just a few months ago back in uh yeah my buddy was in town and we watched it on Netflix or or some sort of streaming app but a quiet place. Um yeah. This Bobby I know hasn't seen this movie I definitely recommend it um it's very interesting it's got a cool concept there are plot holes for sure. Um and I don't know if you care about spoilers Bobby but kind of comes with the territory right. of this job. I watched
0: pitch meeting, so I'm all oh, okay. Good. <laughs>
1: okay. So basically shout out to pitch meeting. Um, <laughs> this movie is about uh, a future world where aliens have invaded earth uh, and they are super attracted to noise. So they, when they hear a noise, they extinguish whatever's making that noise. Um, so it stars, John, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, who love both those, both those actors. Um, real life couple, which is very cool. And they're basically just surviving in this world with, with aliens who hunt you based on sound. Um, The cool, the cool thing about their story is that one of their daughters is deaf. So they know sign language. It allows them to survive in this world uh, longer than most. Um, But the twist of the story is that Emily Blunt's character is pregnant. So she's going to have, have a child. And obviously that causes a lot of, you know, issues with noise um they create a situation where they can have this kid and have it muffled and stuff like that they have like this sound dampened room and stuff they don't no clue if it's going to work um and essentially all hell breaks loose uh it's it's a super interesting world they created um and bird box sort of ripped it off in a sense um which i do despite that i still like that movie i Uh, saw that one but this this is better and so basically all hell breaks loose. There's, there's a really sad ending. Um, but at the end, it's sort of hopeful because they sort of figure out a way to get the upper hand. Um, and a quiet place Two, being a prequel. Uh, if that ever comes out <laughs> at this point, yeah. um, seems like it's going to be a really cool way of expanding on how they got to that point. So I'm pretty excited for that movie, but yeah, this movie has a lot of, uh, has a lot of moments where you're like, how do you, how would anybody survive? not making noise in this world. So I think that's what makes it very interesting and uh it's an enthralling story. I enjoy it a lot.
2: Yeah, I don't know if this is a worth a bring up kinda of off topic, but there's another similar movie to Bird Box and that on Netflix, also Netflix original, starring Stanley Tucci. It's called The Silence. Um it's also worth a watch. It's not as good as the other ones. Pretty much the same movie, but it's still entertaining.
1: <laughs> when did was uh, it made after or before?
2: It was made after. It was twenty nineteen. Okay good um, after I won't both. delete this from my list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> all right great um so bobby can i get your commitment to watch this movie at some point
0: uh you know i think if the quarantine ever lifts i think we should just watch it together and uh sounds that's good.
1: that's how oh, i watch it <laughs> <laughs> sounds good well a, a tradition the reason i watch this movie a tradition that i have with uh my friend chris and thomas friends chris and thomas um is we watch horror movies together we usually super cheesy sci-fi channel shit I watch but... all the sharknados right oh yeah <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're all fantastic A-plus movies. All
0: the, what about yeah. the Wrong Turn movies? Have you watched all those?
1: Yes, we have. Wrong <laughs> well, Turn 3, baby. Henry Rawls. So, so good. Or... No, nah, that movie's whack.
0: <laughs> all right, moving on to number
1: four. All right, Jay, how about you take this one away?
2: Number four is one of the... I don't know if it's probably one of the originals. Um, I think it probably helps spin this genre up. Uh, Mad Max, the original Mad Max. Uh, with Mel Gibson. Um it kind of feels like it's society's brought back together kind of and they're almost you know functioning as a society they have some form of limited government he's um one of the police um I forgot what they're called uh max rock and Tansky. um i love this movie uh, you just got so many different things in there the the gang uh the toe cutter um the night rider the way this movie starts out you know he's chasing the not it, uh, in it? well they call him the night rider Um, the first the movie opens up with an amazing uh chase scene where everyone's going you know it seems like they're going 200 miles an hour but probably only going like maybe 100 they're just Um, just speeding up the (laughs) frame everyone everyone's got a muscle car and this is you know later on in the later mad max movies like road warrior and everything else um you know obviously gets way more dystopian way more um just dark and um, ready um and you know there's a lot of despair there but this one it seems like there's they're trying to bring it back, and obviously, um, his family gets um, killed by the Toe cutter gang. Um, his wife and baby get run over by a um, tow cutter and his motorcycle, and then he spends the rest of the movie um, chasing them down. And it's just it's just a revenge flick, post apocalyptic. Mel Gibson's amazing. I think it's one of his first movies. It probably is his first movie. Made, made he still toy. had an accent. Still had an accent in it too. Yeah. Um, and there's I, all the characters are in it. Goose is uh, there's a guy named Goose. He's hilarious. Um, and he has a, a pretty horrid death too um say horrid? but oh, horrid
1: oh i thought oh, like like, top... like, he died horrid
2: it's oh, like yeah. top, top gun is is that this is hard top gun so i think maybe top gun took uh maybe maverick's a form of max and the goose is
3: uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> um it's always it's definitely it's it's, it's a staple and it definitely need to give this a watch um
1: well the the thing about that movie and i haven't seen it in a very long time but but the fact that like there's a mad max style shows how important that movie was to to film because you know if you can break into regular pop culture in terms of like you got like a rusty muscle car with like spikes on it and shit like that's mad max style and if you can have something that is a style named after your movie you've obviously made an impact so they
2: have whole events off in the desert where people literally dress up like you know these marauders and and they, they make they make these cars they're insane they got like spikes all over them they're just really right. roll cages tubing and just big old v8 engines with stacks on them and not only that crazy.
1: 40 years later they had the fourth movie made you know brand well it's made, made. by yeah and, and they the, the original, original director, director, director yeah and writer yeah. and and on and, top of that it's bled into other pop culture properties like fallout you know raiders yeah. are all based oh, on obviously. that that type of style so yeah really cool really cool A really but,
2: cool it, fact about uh um fury road is that immortal joe is actually the same actor that played Toe Cutter in the first one.
1: Oh no way! Uh, would have yeah. been, been cool if he somehow was the same character, but it was. Uh-huh.
0: Well, that, that's that's funny. Just like Kevin was talking about how it led into like pop culture, like now, like you know, forty years later or whatever. Uh, I I've never seen any like the original Mad Max movies, but it's like one of my favorite shows is Futurama, and like there's an episode kind of devoted to like the oh, Mad, yeah. Mad Max. Oh style. yeah, that's good. And they you go outside the city, it's, it's a in, group like, of kids. Future. Yeah. Like, who are, like, uh, you know, all, like, it seems like they're the only ones left ruling everything. And it turns out, that like, it's just L.A. in the year 3000. Um, and they're just playing, and they're not, episode. so
2: it's not really like that. The mom <laughs> rolls up in, like, a mini minivan, and so exactly to go
1: to Hebrew the, school. The best part, wait, is this the same episode? The best part is when the Planet Express lands on that red carpet, and, like, the skeleton falls out, and they're like, oh, yeah. nice to see you, Mr. Stallone. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's
3: <laughs> that's like that's a Neanderthal.
0: That's a different episode. Oh, but it is? It's, like, the same concept. Uh, like he's like Fry starts talking about like all of like the uh, post apocalyptic stuff and then he starts talking about how like everybody in LA is phonies and like just like a social commentary (laughs) on LA all
1: right that was a pretty major tangent (laughs) Bobby what's your number four (laughs) Uh,
0: my number four uh, like I I, I think I I saw this one in theaters the one before it I I didn't see until a few years after it was in theaters you know it, it was starring James Franco so I didn't think it was gonna be any good Dawn of Planet of the Apes that movie was actually really damn good. And then the one... I don't remember the exact name. Was it just Planet of the Apes? It's for uh... for Planet of the Apes. No, no, no. The, the one before it no, was James Franco. No, where Franca. was the third one? Oh, yeah.
3: Um, that was... Rise of the Planet Rise, of Planet yeah. the Apes. That was of the Planet of the Apes.
0: I never expected that movie to be any good. And then I just randomly saw it one day. And I'm like, damn. James Franco was actually really good. And this movie was really good. So I saw Dawn of Planet of the Apes in the theaters. And it was great. Um, Obviously, the uh, they call it the Simeon Flu it wipes out most of humanity while, <laughs> while making uh, all like all the apes around it stronger. And so they, you know, smarter. they take over smarter. Yeah. They take over uh, basically everything at this point. And in this movie, you have a, a small group of uh, of humans. Like I think it's Carrie Russell. I don't remember the, 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 the male actor's name, the male. He lead? was John, John Connor. Connor. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> he was the worst John Connor. No offense <laughs> to the actor. Cause he's a great actor, especially in this oh, movie. No, he's great.
0: I, I think he's great in everything I've seen him in. It's just funny that, you know, I probably know him better as John Connor. <laughs> yeah. That's his name. Let's just go with that. Yeah. John, so John Connor's in it with Carrie Russell, right? Yeah. And uh basically, I, I don't remember like all the like all the details, but like they form like a partnership trying to get humanity back up and going, trying to restart like a dam to get like electricity going. And uh his second in command, Koba, just doesn't trust the humans. I don't remember exactly what made him not trust them. I think there was some event. It's, it's no, been just
2: being abused, I think he was like a, a circus yeah. monkey. Oh, 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 okay. so in the first
1: no, he was in the first one, was I'm sure. he's one of the test yeah. one of the test monkeys. So but I still think he was adopted from Apes, a rescue from a zoo. An ape, right. A
2: rescue ape from a zoo or some yeah. kind
0: of circus. Yeah, so he yeah. just had inherent trust issues with humans. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically sense. eventually uh, because Caesar, uh, which is played brilliantly by Andy Circus, like that yeah. dude does vocab like nobody. Yeah. Um he like he like that's I think Gollum is amazing but I, I think like his him as uh caesar was possibly even better uh i uh, so eventually coba turns on uh coba turns on caesar and then uh the humans end up having to keep caesar alive and it ends it basically the end of the movie is like a little bit of a war between uh between the humans and the apes with caesar on the side of the humans and it's just there's a lot of emotion in it, which you wouldn't expect from this type of movie like going back to the originals and going back to the the Remake with Mark Wahlberg, or I don't know if it's a remake, but whatever you want to call that one, yeah, reboot,
3: whatever. Yeah, it was a remake, it was like failed, shot remake.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's it, it's just it's really interesting to see just like how much emotion is in these movies. And you know, in most movies like this, you don't care about the humans as much, like let's say like Transformers or you know, something like that. But I think you get a lot of good story out of the humans because they lost people and like you see them coming together and trying to stay together, and then they also help Caesar who should technically be their enemy at this point.
1: So well, it's a lot
0: of stuff.
1: Yeah. The thing that I was going to say is in a lot of these post-apocalyptic movies, you have humans fighting with each other and, you know, to compete for, uh, you know, reducing resources. Um, and that doesn't really happen in these movies. It's, it's really cool how like humanity sort of joins together um, as a unit because of, of, you know, a plague essentially. So that's, that's mm-hmm. cool to see. And then there's just yeah. this, and and the thing that sets this movie off from other movies like this is that uh they do such a good job of ironically humanizing Caesar and oh, making yeah. you give a shit about what he wants and what he feels and what he thinks. And he's trying to stop a war, which is fantastic. Um unfortunately I didn't see the I didn't see War for the Planet of the Apes.
0: I didn't either. I really want to though. Yeah, I but still shit. gotta see that one. They're all they're all really good. They're but really Woody Harrelson's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've he, heard it's great. But Gary, Gary Oldman, by the way, uh, he just to get a little backstory on so that one, he distrusts the apes. I think his son maybe is wife, I can't remember one. like some he lost somebody and he goes kind of crazy and starts. He like tries to start the war uh, and like he, he plays this like madman kind of general type role, I guess, yeah. which is kind of what Woody Harrelson ended up playing in the next movie, too. But I think Gary Oldman was less of a general, but like he definitely kickstarted this war. Uh, with the humans the apes
1: yeah he was you could tell that he was he recognized the threat before anybody else really did and inadvertently brought on the threat earlier than it probably would have happened because caesar Uh basically being the smartest of all the apes was trying to resist that war but then Mm -hmm. was forced to go into war and then we get the greatest imagery of those movies is monkeys apes excuse me riding <laughs> horses
0: horses so with, yeah, this, fucking cool didn't they have the, the machine gun also while, while riding yeah dude yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and then like gorillas throwing these explosive barrels around yeah. and stuff.
2: the
3: gorillas oh, and so the cool. orangutans just it's so it cool <laughs>
1: just brute strength it's like donkey kong
2: in real life yeah it's, freaking it's cool. awesome. it's cool it's like right now you know this is obviously top five of you know one of ours top five but if you go back 30 years the original planet apes probably would have oh, been it's... in the same position it's because fantastic. i mean it's amazing the, the makeup and everything they do, the practical effects, and the twist, and, and the twist, and Charlton Heston. It's just, you know, it's great, great movies. And then thirty years later, you they continued tradition. You know, this quality, I mean, quality kind of went down obviously with some of the other ones like Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I mean, they're still good, but it's not Planet of the Apes.
1: No, the original is fantastic. The remake is pretty bad, uh, but yeah, this this reboot ended up being a really solid trilogy. Glad Absolutely. they ended up doing that. All right, so let's get to uh, my number four. I have kind of a change of pace here. I have a comedy, *Zombieland*. I think uh, it's it still holds Fun up. Movie. Yeah, I think it's I think it's funny. I think it's quirky. I think it's uh, it's an interesting twist on the genre because during this time when *Zombieland* was released, there were a lot of movies that were being released and TV shows. *The Walking Dead* was hot. Everything was like you know really sad and dour and you know, bleak and all this stuff. And this movie was like, well, what if we kind of take a comedic uh, twist to it? And I think the cast is fantastic. I think Jesse Eisenberg as a neurotic nerd works so well in this universe. (laughs) And his survival is 100% based on that aspect of where he's just like so worried about everything that he (laughs) accounts for everything. And it's funny, it's an awesome contradiction to Woody Harrelson's character where he's just this guy who is so physically self-assured that it doesn't matter how much he prepares he's going to get out of it because he's just good at what he does um really cool interesting uh like love interest story that's going on there where you know they're basically the last two pairs of uh men and women that are on that as far as they know that are on earth so they're kind of like a super unlikely couple um and not only that stylistically the movie is is really interesting to watch they have a lot of cool like uh, when when he's explaining his rules, like double tap or uh, cardio and stuff, they have like big text that shows up, like rule number one: cardio. Uh, really yeah, interesting video. stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really cool. It's as if uh, it's as if you're watching a video game that unfortunately you can't play. But uh, yeah, really really funny movie. Really different. Uh, I think original in a lot of ways. Uh, I love this movie. I actually watched the second one recently. Not quite as good, but yes, pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. It was good. This this movie blows the second one out of the water. So if you're gonna pick one to watch, obviously you watch this one. Although there was was part of the second one I loved is um
2: I don't know if this be spoilers, but the the doppelgangers, the
1: doppelgangers, hilarious. (laughs) hilarious. Luke Wilson and uh, (laughs) the guy from Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) really good, really good.
0: You also had Bill Murray, uh, like like Bill Murray playing Bill Murray, didn't you? In the first one. Yep. Yeah.
1: That was a really cool touch. Interesting. Interesting cameo there. Cause they go, they go to Beverly Hills and yeah, they run into him, uh, on accident. And it's just, it's cool seeing like a more lighthearted approach to, uh, the apocalypse. Um, a lot like how last Man on earth was. I know Jay liked that show, uh, yeah. where it's just like, if you were alone on earth, what would you do? And that's sort of what's happening in this, this yeah. show. It's like, it's not like, oh my God, every moment's survival. It, there's, there's moments of levity. There's moments of lightheartedness. This is a really enjoyable watch, and it's not—it's not depressing, which is, which is a good I, thing.
2: I love his search for Twinkies the whole time, and every yeah. time you find something, it's, it's, it's snowballs. Like snow he's like, oh, "Yeah, yeah it's snowballs." snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I hate snowballs too. Coconuts disgusting. oh they're horrible. They're ah, so bad. Twinkies gross. are legit though.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. All right, yeah. Let's move on to our number three, Zen. Who wants to go first on this one? Getting into the nitty gritty right. now.
0: I'll go with it. Uh, so. This one I I mentioned that I hadn't seen any of the original Mad Max movies, but I did I watched Mad Max Fury Road, and that movie is just awesome. Uh, it's almost from start to finish. It's just like pure adrenaline. It's it's like it's like a chase movie. It's like constantly it's just constant action. Uh, you have uh, you know you have Charlize Theron as like the main almost like the main pretty much the main character, and she just kicks so much ass in this movie. You have Tom Hardy. Uh, who I, I think he did I think he actually was Max, right?
2: Is that I don't know is Max, but I, I feel like he is a, a lot of fan theories. Where
1: yeah, where he's the feral kid from. Uh, oh, okay, Crab I've heard that. He theory. is officially Max though. Yeah. Okay, but in terms of like his characterization versus Mel Gibson's, completely different. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. strange, but I like it either way. Yeah, I like I, the fan I, theory that he's the feral kid. So I'm <laughs> gonna go with that. That's <laughs> gonna be my headcanon, no matter what. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think that works great and you know it ties into obviously the old movies and uh, like you, you just have like he, he doesn't say a lot but he kicks a lot of ass and he's just he's like a, a great action character um, like basically it's just you have Charlize Theron with her uh, like basically with uh, Immortem Joe he's the villain he's like the leader of uh, I think the Citadel and or I, I say leader he's like the the fascist leader of the Citadel dictator. where he just dominates everything the dictator yeah. And uh, he's chasing Charlize Theron's character because of oh, Furiosa, right? That's her name. Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she has his pregnant girlfriend, and I think a few of the other girlfriends or whatever, and they're just trying to escape. If I remember right, they're trying to get to like her old uh, homeland, like where she where she grew up. Uh, do you, does that sound familiar?
1: Yeah, it's like a it's it's almost like, like an, an oasis. oasis. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. For women uh, only. For women only. Yeah, no men. And dream. basically, it's it's. Uh, she ends up like teaming up with.
3: <laughs> I'll tuck it. I'll tuck it. As long as I can. <laughs> Jay, I think your uh, oh, beard damn.
1: might give it away. Also, yeah. never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just the beard. The beard's the only. Just thing. the beard. Yep, that's all you got. So I mean, basically, oh. it's just trying to trying to stay away from a mortem Joe and get to you know get to the Oasis, and it's just like there's so much good action, and like apparently, like from what I've heard, a lot of it harkens back to the original movies with the action style and it's just it's just a fun fun movie just the entire time through uh you have the guy i don't remember his name the guy who plays beast in the x-men movies like the new ones yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i thought he was pretty good like you know he wanted to go to i think valhalla they like they talked about like going yeah. there and then like he realized that like they were just using him and he ended up like teaming up with uh, furiosa and max in that group uh-huh. and i thought he was actually a, a very underrated character in that movie
1: nicholas holtz's name um like, there you go. But yeah, the cool thing about him is he has like uh he has a- an actual character arc because he's mm-hmm. just this young young kid basically who's like just following the he's fodder. Yeah, he's following the path of like what everybody else does. He does the stupid like uh silver Weirdness spray paint me. and stuff yeah, he gets like
0: that. High, high with the fi- or yeah, the, he's, uh, he's the silver huffing.
1: paint. Yeah, and like he's just following the pack, and then he eventually realizes like that this isn't necessarily right. Like he has a conscience. Which is really cool. You don't expect that kind of thing from like a tertiary character in a Mad Max movie. But the thing about this movie, and I did really enjoy it. Um, this isn't really a contradiction you having a, having it on the list. But nothing happens in this movie really in terms of plot. It's a hundred percent, hundred percent chase movie. And for whatever reason, it just works. It it's yeah. it's so good. It I so know why it works. It's because, the
0: second most fun movie on my list I would say. Spoiler yeah. alert,
1: it's not on my list but I did debate putting it on my list I wanted to put it on but I just like I felt like um, Jay having the first one on the list, uh, which I didn't know ahead of time obviously um, I, I kind of suspected you were going to have it on there because it's your era, it came out when you were in your 20s So that, <laughs> um, <yep. laughs> So I was like nah, I'm not going to like put the newer one on because I'm going to look like you know a poser or whatever, um, which Bobby definitely looks like right now but but if I could go back, I would definitely, you know, I, I think I would put it at number five. Because I thought Kevin it was, was very, very, Kevin very
0: good. would be a poser if he could change things. <laughs> yes, I
3: would.
1: But I just can't I, be a poser,
0: you know.
3: Yeah.
1: I know <laughs> what makes
2: this movie great and why the chase scene works. It's because all these, they try to do as many practical effects and physical stunts as oh, possible.
3: It's great. Yeah, yes, it a, they try helps. to use as
2: little as CGI as possible. I think the most CGI you get is literally that tornado, the, the sandstorm slash tornado. And everything else is pretty much like actual practical. Someone's doing a stunt, someone's on a wire, and it's just physically
1: there. It, and the it looks so enough. much better. The coolest stuff is when they're doing the pole vault crap, yeah. And then there's like explosions that. going on in the background, like yeah. with Tom Hardy on the pole vault, like just going across frame. And <laughs> yeah, like, that's it's that's so cool. It's visually and it's stunning cool. and it looks real because it essentially is. They do like stuff in the background to make it look more engulfing, in- in, uh, but in terms of like the world that they're in. But holy crap, it just looks so good. It's such a yeah. good movie. All right, Jay, what's your number four?
2: My number <sighs> three. Three, sorry. Uh, Book of Eli uh, is my number three. Uh, I had so much. I knew I this was gonna know, be your list. You knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I don't know something about it. Just it's just the um, I guess the I love the spiritualness about it and how like he's protected by God, carrying like, the Bible. Um, and then the twist is pretty awesome. Gary Oldman is an amazing uh, villain as usual. Oh man, um, he's yeah. so good at yeah. whatever. What, what, this out. guy, this, there's nothing this guy can't act, um, mm. and he's amazing. Uh, Denzel Washington, he's just, you know, he's just the cool Denzel Washington. You know, it's yeah. it's the uh, it's the what, what the, um, the he's got the cool factor. The man. Equalizer in in, in uh, <laughs> he's the Equalizer in the future, you know. But not Equalizer two. Not Equalizer. Oh, I like Equalizer two. Oh, really? I hated it. <laughs> uh, I That's a subject you, for another. You got to turn your brain off, man. You got to turn your brain off more when you watch. I movies. can't.
0: <laughs> that'll, that'll be that'll be next time on worst denzel washington movies kevin but so okay that'll be the one
2: Whoever hasn't seen it denzel washington is walking he's been walking for 30 years ever since this apocalyptic thing happens they kind of allude to like maybe it was solar flares the sun got brighter everything the earth gets scorched so i'm thinking it's solar flares and the the the, the whole movie is filmed with this almost glare this bright glare everything's washed out gray you know you can't really see true color but it's so bright um it's just desert you can tell you feel like it's hot when you're watching it you're almost sweating watching it Absolutely. um and then you know there's very there's little remnants of, of civilization but not really they're they're just surviving their water scarce uh gary oldman is the runner he runs his town he's kind of the mayor slash ruler um he has you know um pretty much the rights to all the water and everyone just, you know, kowtows to him and does whatever he says. And he's searching for a book to give him the ultimate power over everybody. And it turns out it's the book that Denzel Washington is carrying. Um, Denzel Washington shows up in town and he meets, um,
1: wow. I can't remember.
2: <laughs> Old person moment.
1: <laughs> oh no, not again. <laughs> oh, what's her name? Jay, Take your medication. Jay's space. The men's Mia
2: Kunitz, Mila Kunitz, <laughs> Mina? Uh, Mila, <laughs> it's a mule. Mule I heard Mina. he meets her and and you know they become friends and he, she like she's obviously no one knows how to read and she sees his book and she's like you have a book and then uh, and he reads it to her and then she ends up they end up on a journey together while she's trying to escape and then gary alden finds out that he has a book and doesn't and suspects what it is he turns out he's looking for a bible you know so you can rule people oh. through fear or through religion you know like on most of the middle ages and dark ages were ruled um and he knows that's going to give him ultimate power. And then so they're chasing Mila Kunitz and uh, Denzel Washington, this whole thing. And then the big twist is, that, I don't know, should we do it?
1: Yeah, spoiler. It's a 10-year-old
2: movie. It's a 10-year-old movie. Uh, it turns other. out Denzel Washington is blind. And God's oh. giving a mystical ability or giving them the ability to see while he's carrying the book. Or I don't know if he sees or senses it or whatever. He's like Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, it's like Daredevil, and then so it's a pretty cool twist, and it's like I said, it's got got good action in it, and all the actors are amazing. Um, Ray Stevenson is in it too. Oh, man, uh, he's awesome. I love him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, the poor man's Carl Urban. <laughs> uh, Michael Gambon is in it, and he plays a. a oh yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah, him and his wife play cannibals, and, yeah. and uh, it's just it's, it's a great watch all around. Um, whether you believe in the Bible or not, but just watch
1: it. I'm not an overly religious person, but I like the, the dichotomy that they set up in this movie where you have a guy who wants to take the Bible and manipulate it for power purposes. And then, you know, Eli, Eli that's his is his character's name. Right? His name is Eli. Yeah. yeah okay. He's got a so, name tag from where he worked by like a Walmart or something. It says Eli. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. So but so you have the dichotomy of like someone wanting to use it for power purposes and then someone wanting to use it for hope. And yeah. the end of the movie establishes that hope as being something that um, is going to spread. Because they end up like copying the book, which is like originally what started the spread of Christianity amongst our world, anyways. So yeah. it's a really cool like cyclical type of history repeating itself type of thing in this movie that they set up. Uh, that you know art imitates reality. Cool.
2: So cool. And the the other cool part is is that when when um, Gary Oldman finally gets the the Bible and it turns out it's all in Braille, so he
3: can't read it <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. Yeah, and so it's he's his just mistress or like,
2: wife is blind but she refuses to read it and then he ends up dying from an infection from a gunshot wound while denzel has been reading it for 30 years he has it completely memorized verse for verse yep. and then he's ended like actually just orating it and while well, someone dictates it
0: yeah and so bobby have you seen the movie i have not
1: unfortunately okay so <laughs> yeah gary oldman gets his hands in the book so eli no longer has it but he gets to this like sanctuary where he's able to read it word for word to people who translate it and transcribe it to a book so they're printing it at that point. That's pretty awesome. So it's a pretty cool that, ending. That's
0: not
1: a Yeah, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll gotta, I got to watch that one again because unfortunately I didn't see that one in theaters, but I ended up watching it on like TNT or something like yeah. five years ago. Uh, really cool. I was surprised at how good it is. And the action is actually very good too. Yeah. Um, and speaking of action, I think that I'm probably going to get a little bit of, um, a little bit of guff for this one to steal Jay's oh. phrase. Uh, I have The Matrix
0: at number three. So I almost picked that but it works yeah. it works.
1: So this is this is one that I that I sort of questioned as being post-apocalyptic but I think the setting of the movie is undeniably post-apocalyptic it's for sure dystopian even though the visuals are mostly present day um the the world that they built is definitely a world that no longer resembles what we live in today. So uh obviously this movie is known for its incredible action sequences, special effects, uh, innovative in almost every single way, and imitated in almost every single way. Um, this movie, as far as like an action thriller, um, it's just it's perfect in my opinion. I If we ever do an episode about best action movies, spoiler alert, this is gonna be my number one. I respect it so much for what they did. Uh, so anybody who doesn't know the backstory, basically, humans get in a war with uh, with robots. Um, the robots end up winning that war. They block out the sun. Uh, oh, no, actually, humans block out the sun in order to block the robot's solar power plan. source, which is solar. Um, the, the robots end up winning the war no matter or anyways, creating battery packs out of humans, creating a computer program to simulate uh, present day for humanity so they don't realize that they're being enslaved.
0: That's pretty uh, nice, though,
1: to be honest with you. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. And, in fact, uh, it probably ended up being their downfall. But uh, either way, the movie. This is one of those movies that I watched three or four times as a kid because this movie came out in 2000, so I was 13. Um, I had no fucking idea what was happening in this movie <laughs> when I saw it. it. Took me five times to finally figure out why they could run on walls, why they could, uh, you know, <laughs> do bullet time and all this stuff. I was just like, "What? What the hell is happening here?" Uh, once I figured it out, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so freaking cool!" And I remember one of my next door neighbors, we would reenact certain scenes. Like uh, we would do like the fight scene in the, in the subway where we'd be like, you know, shooting at each other. And then we'd like land and be like, you're out. So are you? That whole scene. <laughs> so good. There's so many iconic moments like dodge this, like, yeah. Oh, it's so freaking cool. Um, So yeah, in terms of like uh dystopian future definitely applies uh, a post apocalyptic feel, maybe not necessarily, but it's undeniable how good this movie is. Um, I wish I could put it higher, but in terms of the, the genres' sake that we're discussing right now, I had to keep it a little bit lower. Um, so yeah, Matrix, my my choice for number three.
0: If it was more in the current day rather than in the simulation, or I guess yeah, less uh, less in the simulation, I I could understand it being put up higher. But yeah, like I think that's a good spot for it in the middle of your picks because it's like kind of like I may mean, I would say like not even half and half. It's probably like a quarter in the post-apocalyptic and then like three quarters of it actually yeah. in the matrix yeah. so i yeah. think that's a good spot it's well, a
1: good I think pick the, i think the established setting is what uh makes it apply to this certain this specific subject that we're talking about uh, but the visuals not not necessarily so that i was definitely conflicted but couldn't resist this movie is yeah. so good
0: yeah i kind of figured it would
3: be on your list <laughs> that's great yeah.
0: yeah and
1: your
2: your cast is awesome too um, oh yeah Joe Pan- leano of course uh, he's great cypher um, Cipher, yeah, you got Kerry Moss, um, Lawrence Fishburne. The
0: villain, who's the villain? Uh, he's been in so like so many things. Hugo Weaving, man. Yeah. Oh no, no, sorry, not him. I meant the uh the one the turncoat. Uh, he says the boss. The yeah. Cypher. Joe
2: Pantoliano. Yeah. Oh, Cipher, sorry. Pan-Leon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I clearly and then, don't know him by name. <laughs> I,
2: I just want to ask you a question: Would would uh, another Keanu Reeves movie wouldn't be your top pick for best action movie?
1: Are you talking oh, about Blade? Or John <laughs> Wick? <Wake? John laughs> yeah. No. Break. Definitely not. No. Really. No. Dude. John Dude, Wick? this movie shits on it's John Wick. Okay. No offense. I love John Wick. To shit on John Wick. Yes, How it does. you? How many innovative things did John Wick do? It doesn't matter. Nothing. He actually doesn't reloads
2: matter?
0: his
1: guns.
2: <laughs>
0: it doesn't matter. Dude,
1: the iconic imagery, imagery yeah, in this no, movie I gotta agree with you They start like yeah. Within the first five minutes of the movie you have Carrie Ann Moss as uh, Trinity doing a spider kick or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. She's Crane. floating in midair and and the cameras circle her it's like it's mind-blowing it's nothing had ever done anything like this cool. in the past Kevin. and so how many movies imitated it
3: yeah Kevin, a lot of countless. movies
1: I've, yeah i gotta agree with you it's
0: just, do you uh, think the beatles are better than led zeppelin because they came first and innovated before led zeppelin
1: led zeppelin's better but in my opinion <laughs> but how many people agree with me on that on that point
0: probably a lot more so, than you think people love mm, to hate the beatles these days which are
1: maybe, maybe. But it's definitely nuanced. But the, the fact remains that The Matrix holds up as a movie today. It it was innovative and imitated across all genres. Comedies no, tried to ape it. Other like action this. movies tried to ape it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's quotable. As a trilogy as a whole, through. which one's better? Oh, God. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> that's um, not fair. Hey, that's John, not John Wick's better.
1: better. <laughs> but one versus one. Matrix, The Matrix, the original, versus John Wick, versus John Wick 2, versus John Wick 3. Better than all of them. I'm sorry. Okay. All of them put together? Nope.
0: Not not <laughs> even close if you put them all together. That's yeah. sad. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I like Reloaded. It's not great. I like it. I hate uh, Revolution. Revolution. Horrible. Fair enough. Fair all enough. Right. But yeah, Matrix, great movie. Okay. So yeah, let's move on to number two. Who wants to take this one away? All right,
0: I'll, I'll take this one. So this one, I actually put it in uh, maybe like 20 minutes or so before we actually started this. I replaced another movie because uh, it, it kind of maybe skirts the genre. Uh, I think uh, G- I feel like Jay might have the most problem with it, but I went with Interstellar because uh, it's not your traditional uh, post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, so this movie starts out; it's basically the world is dying. Uh, crops like there's a blight and crops aren't growing anymore. Uh, they talk about how like there's the last uh, the last crop of okra ever, and like that's that's just one of dozens and dozens of crops that's no longer growing. Uh, so Coop is uh, the main character, Matthew McConaughey and he or i think they call him cooper i'm not really sure which but um he's a former pilot and basically in this in this setting at the start of the movie there nasa has been disbanded as far as everybody knows and in schools they're teaching that we ne- like the u.s never made it to the moon and it was all a ploy to bankrupt the ussr so like you know they're 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 dumbing down our generation and making it seem like people never went to the moon and space travel was fake. Um, so basically uh, they end up through some like mystical forces, which is definitely the low points of the movie. I think everything the to do part with, of the with that stuff. Uh, like, you know, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like all this stuff about love and it's really hard to get into without going in, you know, to like a 10 minute long explanation, but essentially the,
1: love is the fourth dimension. Fifth
0: dimension. fourth. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's like dimension. I we live you know, in three it's... dimensions.
2: I know, but the fourth would be time, and love is the fifth. I don't think so. I don't
0: know. I don't, I don't remember exactly, so it's, I can't tell you which. But basically, fact check, they, us. Uh, <laughs> fact check they, us in uh, the comments. <laughs> um, smash that like fun. button
1: if either of us are right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna smash it. Yeah, we're both uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sixth dimension.
1: Oh Idiot. shit!
0: Damn it! We're so dumb. Uh, so basically, uh, one of these like love spirits, uh, you'll find out later that it was actually, uh, I think it was actually Coop or Cooper that uh, sent them to find NASA, him and his daughter. And uh, NASA has been working underground, and they've got a plan to send people out to, I think it's four different planets, or it was nine different planets, something like that. It's just a few different planets to see which one can actually host life. Um, and basically, the rest of the movie is their journey to find which one works the best. And it's it just it's a really like interesting movie uh it's i think it's really well acted uh anne hathaway's in it and she she plays the role i think perfectly um and there's a surprise like none of us knew it was coming a surprise appearance by uh matt damon matt he's damon. Uh,
3: damon. He, <laughs> matt damon. he's
0: uh this doctor man that like people have been talking about for like the entire movie about being like the best of everybody like the best scientist and astronaut of everybody they find him on one of these planets, and then like he re- like he basically realized that they were screwed, and yeah. then he ends up turning on everybody, getting one of the astronauts killed in the spacecraft, and then he's like trying to steal the spaceship to go. I don't even know where he's trying to go, but then he ends up screwing up and getting himself killed, and it's it's just it's a really
3: karma.
0: yeah it does, like very much so. It's just it's really interesting too because uh, Cooper's daughter ends up like. She, she loves her dad and her dad has to leave her and like years and years go by because like there's some stuff with like black holes and like time, time violation violation being distorted and everything. And like they go like near a planet for like an hour longer than they meant to. And it costs them like 20 years and his daughter eventually becomes more and more bitter as the movie goes on. And things are getting worse and worse. Like just there's like nothing happening on earth. And then eventually they find out that the main scientist's plan, uh, Matt, uh, Michael Kane his plan wasn't to eventually move everybody to one of these planets. It was to start with like uh, artificial insemination on other planet, like on one of these planets, and everybody else was gonna end up dying. So like that's I think that's the big twist of the movie. And then uh, eventually um, Cooper's daughter uh, finds out a way, like through like wormholes and things oh, like man. that. Murph, there, we go.
3: Murph.
0: <laughs> uh, she finds Squirrel. out a way. <laughs> not as good as Murph. Uh, fu- she finds out a way to save humanity, and uh, Cooper isn't actually the hero. It's funny because uh, he gets rescued at the end of the movie, and it's I think it's Cooper Station, and it's not named after him. It's named after his daughter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's just it's a really it's a long movie with some very, I would say, interesting in not the best possible way stuff happening like with the, the fourth dimension and all that but yeah. like the actual exploration and like the science behind it is really yeah. interesting. To
2: me. I think I'd say that the best part for me is just the use of relativity um, you yeah. know being on the the you know the event horizon of the black hole and the closer you get to whatever it is the, time's going to speed up for you but whoever's far away you know time's going to stay the same
1: which is all very real accurate scientific yeah. theory. Super mm-hmm. cool uh, yeah I had a lot of problems with this movie and I'm surprised it's so high on your list Bobby uh, but there there's a lot of great stuff. And one of the most impactful scenes for me was when uh, Cooper's watching a video from Murph oh, man. where she's just saying how much, like she doesn't understand why you left and all this stuff. And uh, those who are fans of this podcast, so all two of you um, know <laughs> that I don't cry in movies a lot and I don't, you know, shed actual tears, but Ever. this movie is one of those ones that like almost got me in that scene. I was just like, I, I felt McConaughey's performance, and at the end of the day, all the other complaints I have is mo- with this movie, McConaughey's performance, uh, yeah. Jessica Chastain's performance, um, they're both very, very good. And uh, Michael Caine, obviously, he's fantastic in everything, except for just 3. Um, <laughs> and Luigi Affleck, don't forget Luigi Affleck.
0: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
0: it's Luigi time. Um, Eric Mormon was also in it. I don't know if he true. was good, he was in it. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so lots of complaints about this movie but lots of praise too and uh it's it's really hard to say bad things about a nolan movie in general mm-hmm. um he, he's got an eye for for making really good movies
0: well so. it's it's funny you mentioned the scene like with you know with him watching the video of his daughter uh it's it's after the time jump so like he he sees yeah, his aged. daughter age like 15 20 years or you know yeah. something like that well it's cool as he meets her on murph station she's still alive Oh yeah, at the at yeah. the end of the movie, he, yeah. he meets his daughter as she was in like a, a she ninety something year old. Yeah, no, she was and awake. He, well, yeah, no, no, she, they, they, she was. Oh no, no, she was in a like a, I think she was in like a oh
2: stasis, oh, probably a, some kind of stasis. Yeah, she was in like oh, yeah, some yeah. kind of like
0: time stasis, they and they brought her, her out of it to talk to him.
3: Right, mm-hmm. and like
0: she had a family and all this stuff, and like just everything had changed, and like just their relationship was the best part of the movie, which uh, unfortunately also ties into that fourth dimension of love thing that we were talking about it's it's just very convoluted i feel like yeah um it definitely i think they needed it to progress the movie but it's my least favorite part of the movie
1: yeah yeah definitely that movie had me on the hook until they showed the tesseract basically like so them like uh cooper in that fourth dimension that
2: dimension yeah yeah like the piano like, strings uh, kind of thing which to. is
1: like it's okay that it took artistic liberty because nobody knows what not even scientists really know how to explain What's what that would look like. Yeah, exactly. So it is what it is. Um,
3: but I mean,
0: it does explain stuff that happened. Like they found NASA because he gave them the coordinates in that dimension. But so it's he's like, stuck in a loop. Yeah. Basically, yes. <laughs> so but it's cool. like it, it did tie up some loose ends towards the beginning of the movie, but not towards the end. So it's it's an interesting concept. Right. All right,
1: Jay, what do you got for number two? Number
2: two, twenty-eight days later. Uh, I think this movie probably almost single-handedly rebooted the zombie genre, um, and it, it's a real turn from everything else. It's almost it's it's a, most of the movie is is almost silent, and which is really cool. And then when you kind of you hear the zombies coming, and it's just like you know gurgling, aggressive, growling, and they're fast too, which is really cool. Um, I just think this movie executed everything perfectly um and it shows like humanity's like really true either you're you're gonna be good or you're gonna be bad there's no like real in between um you know there's you know you see um the military guys they're you know they're the epitome of um you know the base of humanity you know there's being completely you know giving into every desire but at the same time you know still being disciplined in their military sense um and then you get the you know you get the how many survivors you get the four of them together and they're just like kind of having a good time through the movie, like going on searching for different things and trying to get to this military base. And then, um, you know, the way the, how fast the change is, um, you know, you turn to a zombie. I I think it just, movie just did everything great. I don't think I really have any problems with the movie. I think it's almost perfect. Um, and like I said, it's the, the way it's done, it makes so much more, eerie and creepier than, than the rest of any other kind of zombie movie you get. Other zombie movies are just based on gore. This one just says a totally different feel. Like you feel yeah. like you're in survive. You're trying to survive with them while you're watching the movie. Right.
0: Um, and it's a lot and, more suspenseful than yeah,
2: like a typical very, zombie movie. very, very, very suspenseful. And you're, you're like, and the sequel too, 28 weeks later, which is just as good. You know, we see Jeremy Renner in his, I think his first film appearance, maybe. Um, okay. And it's, it's so, almost just as good. Um humanity you know is is almost back together then and then or no that one starts off with the original which i'm so confused right now 28 weeks later
1: another old person moment
2: another old person moment i'll have to watch it again but it was almost <laughs> just
1: as good um well I'm thank like, god that's not your number two choice
3: yeah so number one 28 days later is I you're, think you're I like, like number one like, 28, 28 weeks one. later <laughs> now I'm Joe Biden. i remember nothing about it <laughs> <laughs>
1: So who's in Twenty Eight Weeks Later? Twenty Eight Days Later? Sorry, Cillian Murphy. Um, I can't remember the
2: actress's name. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of British actors that you know you've seen everywhere. Um, you know, I'm not big on a lot of their names. Uh, one of them plays Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> wait, a male one? <laughs> yeah the 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 military leader, the guy, the sergeant, and the military okay. leader. He was a Doctor Who. Yes. Um, nice. But. Yeah, Cillian Murphy, I and mean, it's the first time we see Cillian Murphy besides Train Spotting. But um, wait, was he in Train Spotting?
1: You said it. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's right.
2: We'll edit
0: this all out. We'll
1: edit it out. Edit <laughs> out my old person moments. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna stuff. we're gonna edit out Jay's whole number two choice. Almost listen all fat. of
0: what you've said, we're gonna listen. Edit out. Fat.
1: <laughs> Look fat. Look um, fat. <laughs> um, yeah, but like I said, this
2: almost
0: well,
1: rebooted.
2: This is the movie that rebooted, besides Donna, the remake of Dawn at the Dead. This uh, rebooted the, the zombie genre.
3: And I know we're saturated.
1: I yeah, exactly. It started a whole trend that uh still is going to this day. Yeah. But um I I could be wrong, but I believe that this movie is the first one that really established like the fast zombie trope um where it's not just like shuffling dead bodies. It's like yeah. they could actually catch you. You can't just outrun them. You got to yeah. you got to be quiet. You got to be tricky. All that stuff, which which totally changed the game because at that point, you know, you basically just have to have ammo. <laughs> you got to yeah. be a good shot. You got to have weapons. That makes
0: me wonder: do, do zombies? Do they not skip leg day? Like, do they have like strong legs to be able to I, just run after I, everybody?
3: It's just,
2: it's just a virus <laughs> taking over no, your your system.
1: Rule, rule number one: Cardio. Body doesn't care. <laughs> Zombie. And then the,
2: the transmission and and the origin of this is uh, really cool. You know, it's obviously animal testing, um, and it's uh, the rage virus. You know, it just takes over, it makes you just. Rage. You have no other emotion than rage. There's no physical control. You can't speak. Just one thing is controlling you and it's rage.
1: I actually like that. That reminds me of uh of quarantine, if anybody's seen yeah. it, which was a an adaptation from a Spanish film I'm pretty sure. Um called Wreck. Um where rabies is the like a mutation of rabies is what causes this zombie like behavior. Which I think
2: is the same with this. Yeah, I think it was a mutation yeah. of rabies.
1: It's really really cool kind of thing that makes it more real i think instead of just being like some i don't know some sort of thing supernatural that started it's not supernatural like, yeah yeah it's not some sort of thing that started from someone eating a bat at a wet market or something um anyways i think that brings It'll us to our... <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, uh, my number two which i think is the most faithful and most realistic uh most uh probably the most depressing um uh, depiction of what a post-apocalyptic world is, and that would be The Road um, with Viggo Mortensen. Um, this movie, it's very simple. This This movie doesn't have a lot of ups and downs. It's it's very, it's, it's incredibly depressing, which is what I, what I said was a good thing about The Matrix not being. It's very, or I'm sorry, about Zombieland not being, where it's very lighthearted and uh, it kind of gets your mind off of the world that they're living in. This movie just, Send you headfirst into what real life might look like if something of an extinction level event were to happen. And there were a few stragglers that stayed behind. So basically you yeah, have Viggo Mortensen and his son, um, who are surviving in this wasteland. Um, basically the way the world's depicted is just ash. Um, everything's just dead. And I don't think they explain why, which is, which is a really cool aspect because it kind of lets you make up your own mind on that. Um, Viggo Mortensen has a gun and it has two bullets in it and he's saving those two bullets for him and his son. If something were to happen where that would be the better option. So there's tons of moments in the movie where he has to decide whether he's going to shoot somebody with it or save it for him and his son, if it were to come to that. And there's, it's like super tense and um, there's this really cool aspect of the movie where Viggo Viggo Mortensen's characterization is basically that he thinks everybody's bad. His son, who is like 10 or 11, um, isn't so sure that everybody's bad. So he kind of has like this almost optimistic outlook, which is incredible for the world that they live in. Um, so there's kind of like this this conflict between them two, the, those two characters where uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen's character is just like, I might have to kill this guy. And uh, his son's character is just like, well, do we have to kind of thing? Yeah. So it's this really cool thing. And... Like I said, the movie is very even in in terms of how it depicts the the whole universe that they're in. There's not a lot of like huge climactic moments, not a lot of really like slow moments. it's just very it's even. like a day in the life exactly yeah, it's just like yeah. a day that we experience with them, and it's incredible and this the movie um it's it's very unique in the fact that it just depicts what reality might look like if this world exists, and it's incredibly powerful. Um, so anybody who hasn't seen it it's definitely more of a slower watch but uh it's something that i would recommend to anybody who's into this kind of thing and uh it is based on the novel the novel is really good uh but the movie if you just need two and a half hours to read a book then <laughs> then watch the movie instead and the performances are great so yeah, yeah. highly recommended
0: uh how like i have uh another one that i have not seen but how is the ending to this movie is it like it's this... a
2: happy-ish ending?
0: uh it in my opinion it just kind of ends
1: it isn't nothing's resolved it's just that they're just kind of continuing to live it's just it's very weird i almost felt like it was setting up some sort of sequel but obviously i knew there wasn't one i'm wondering right it's just like they just continue living
0: okay so it's not quite like uh the end of like the mist if you've guys seen that nobody's
1: rescued nobody's rescued nobody's
2: attempted to be
0: rescued well, Anything, I think nothing like that. Was anybody really rescued? No, but they life?
2: were they were about I to. I read be. the book. I might be getting the book and the movie mixed up. Um uh, mm-hmm. so I feel like there's a there's a definite ending in the book.
1: The movie um, almost like just kind of ends hmm. in my opinion. There's like not really any kind of resolution.
3: Okay. I
0: I think that I mean, I haven't seen it, but I think that's that's a very interesting sounding ending. Yeah. Just yeah. Where it just keeps going. That's just life for them now. Basically. All right.
2: So that's a good segue into the next one. Can I go first? Yeah, you can take number. You Because number one was the road. <laughs> <laughs> that's a okay, great so tell, segue. That's tell a me how this segue. movie ends. <laughs> uh, well, I thought, I thought I could. if I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I read the book also, and both the book is amazing too. And it's you get the exact same feel from the movie as you do in the book. And but I feel like the book might be a little more heart wrenching. Um, there's, they they run into a couple of uh, unsavory characters, and I think that the, the Viggo Morton is getting shot. Um, and so he's surviving a bullet wound while trying to save his son, and then he run into a, a couple uh, at the end, and he ends up leaving the couple, um, his son, while he goes and often dies.
1: Oh, yeah. You're right. I just looked it up. Fact-checked on myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jay, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we want, to be, we want to be accurate. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember watching the movie and just being like, like it just it just ends and i was like what so You're i don't know maybe blocked out the sad part <laughs> yeah i just mentally blocked it out because i'm <laughs> afraid of my own emotions uh, all right continue it,
2: you yeah might so, shed a tear for i them. mean it's just it's, it's a super emotional movie i mean honestly you 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 feel their despair and, and they do a great job of setting up the environment to almost drive those emotions too i don't think i don't remember i don't remember if there's a lot of music in it again i think it's one of those almost really quiet movies with not a lot of dialogue so really the characters like body mm-hmm. language and actions um, are really driving the story. Um, and like I said, there's a, there's a couple of intense moments where they come across these unsavory characters and, and then he ends up yeah. having to kill, I think a couple of guys and he ends up getting shot and then he ends up, you know, bleeding out um, yeah. alone somewhere else because he, he left his son it. with the, with the, uh, with the family. But yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it really is. I think this is what I would think like, like Kevin said, an extinction level event. I mean, you know, electricity is not there. You're not capable of, you know, mass production of anything. You can't grow anything. You're struggling to find food. I mean, a book of Eli had the same feel as far as survival. Um, just not as, not as, not to this degree. This just takes it to the next level. Um, but this is also like book is worth a read, and this movie is definitely worth a watch. Um, but I mean, you can't be sensitive to this at all. I mean, this is gonna take you places you don't want to go.
1: <laughs> that sounds very depressing. The thing about this movie is there is a very hopeless, uh, mo- like uh, um, environment that's set up by the movie where you're not expecting anybody to, you know, create a new way of, of uh, generating electricity or, um, planting a new crop or anything like that. It's very much like these two people are gonna die in the way that this world is existing now. There's yeah. not there's not a lot of setup to any kind of rescue thing. Like any fans of the Walking Dead. Um, there's talk of a of a cure or that kind of thing. Like or yeah. there's hints of a cure. Um nothing like that in this movie. Yeah. It's just very there's much no... yeah. they're gonna live in this world, they're gonna die in this world. It's just there's... about surviving as much as possible. Yeah.
2: There's no coming back for humanity in this. You know, yeah. they're, they're dwindling, yeah. they're gone, they're extinct. They're going the last of their species.
1: Yeah. So the very the the point of it is the relationship between the father and the son and how their survival all hinges on their uh, cleverness or you know whatever yeah. it's like it's it's a really 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 good movie uh, sad though and i and when researching for this episode there were a lot of articles that were saying like this is a movie you will probably only watch once because that's how heavy it is <laughs> yeah uh, so highly recommended one time
0: <laughs> that's that's really interesting just looking at my list compared to that movie like you know you've got like for you know wally they're at the end of at the end of the movie they go back to Earth. So they're gonna try like they start planting stuff on Earth. There's hope. Yeah. Uh Dawn of Planet of the Apes, like they're you know, there's still hope for society. There's still some sort you of know.
1: community. Yeah.
2: There
0: might be a war coming, but there's still hope for society. Yeah, they're still yeah.
2: survive. they're they're more than surviving. They're you know, oh, yeah. they're not thriving, but they sucks. Exists yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, it's like you had like a dictator and everything, but they're still like at the end I think they get a bunch of water, which is like the, the well, most scarce it's down to tribal, like an almost tribal, um yeah, existence. But yeah. they're still in existence. Interstellar, uh they end up like succeeding in finding like their new place to live and everything. Uh so it's really interesting to see like to go from all those to your guys' pick, like Kevin's two and your one, of absolutely no hope, just survive or just surviving as long as you can. Like that's really depressing.
1: Yeah. So the real question is, what is your number one? Is there any hope in that one?
0: Uh you know what, there is. Uh it, it I mean, it's weird. So there is hope, but also at the same time, it's like, anybody can die at any moment. Like, my number one pick is Dread. Uh, I think Dread is, I, I think I have it here more for the quality of the movie, not necessarily for the style of the movie, but for the quality. It's a great action movie. It's one of the more underrated action movies, probably of all time. Uh, nobody saw it in theaters, and I wish I had, because I saw it after, and I was like, this movie would have been badass in theaters.
2: Because like it was the, meant for 3D too. So like, oh,
0: I know. Yeah, like the 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 slow mo scenes, slow-mo like, those scenes, would yeah. have been absolutely incredible. I think Kevin got a uh, 3D TV, and he said that he watched it on there, and it was just absolutely amazing. It's the best uh,
1: 3D movie I've ever seen.
0: That's that's high praise. And you saw Avatar? It was a garbage plot. But it I've never crazy. seen Avatar,
1: so don't you've don't never lie. seen Avatar? Don't not don't do not lie. He doesn't. seen it on a Principal, probably. I'm I'm don't so lie jealous. to our fan.
0: <laughs> I gotta say, I'm really jealous that you've never seen that movie. I wish I could wipe it from my memory. <laughs> Can't but you? Wait anyways, for Avatar 2 be jealous. I it this summer. <laughs> anyways, so this movie, like you know, Carl Urban. You, you guys were talking about it earlier. Who's that? He's Carl Urban. He, what he has he been play in? It. I don't know. Uh, nothing ever. Oh, nothing okay. you've ever seen. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Uh the the acting he does with his jaw and his mouth, it, like just like the grimaces, like multiple styles of grimaces. I feel like. And, and like
2: a perfect impression
0: right now. <laughs> He's so damn good in that role. Um, and then it's like the, the one of the cool things about this is nothing they're doing is gonna impact the world at large. It's a very self contained story, like it's like a chapter in a book. You know, it's like once it's over, it doesn't really affect all that much going forward, except in this small little area. They go into uh, they're in Mega City One. One of, I think it's one of the three cities left that wasn't destroyed by the nuclear war, um, and basically, so. Oh, another thing too is, uh, it's the movie starts off with a chase. Uh, Ju- Judge Dread is chasing some uh, some perpetrators, and they're just running people over. Like people just get killed like nothing in these scenes. Like just just random characters are just getting wiped out. So it's like if you're in like you're in a city, but that doesn't mean you're going to be safe. Like, you could be dead at a moment's notice just because some people decided that they didn't want to get arrested or, you know, just Or
1: they wanted your
3: stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah,
1: in that chase at the beginning, there's, mm-hmm. you know, shitload of collateral damage. Oh, absolutely. And like, and, like, nobody's accountable for it. It's just, and, like, the way it is.
0: Not only that, it's like, do you remember, like, after, like, the whole chase scene was done? Like, there was just, uh, there was a person that was killed, like, a, just a, a random uh, civilian that was killed. And they like they, they send somebody in to clean it up and it's just like some guy like on like a cart cleaning up the blood and it's just yeah. It's did like you just a ask shovel me if on I remember.
1: Part. What was that? <laughs> did you just ask me if I remember that? <laughs> okay. I might as well just say it. Dread is my number one also. <laughs> I um, knew it. <laughs> so we could talk about this uh, together really. Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's crazy how how little death has an impact on anybody in this movie because
0: every day turns. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's an everyday occurrence because there's such a huge population that's so concentrated in wow. Mega City One. Um which when Jay brought up this as his number five, um He's and crazy, him man. him saying that it isn't necessarily dystopian uh or isn't necessarily post apocalyptic. Um I would argue well, that I didn't that. say that. I you did say that the feel, feel like of it. it like like It is absolutely humanity
0: humanity is it's like in, uh, is there's like three t- cities left.
1: <laughs> they are
0: they are humanity massive.
2: is isn't teetering on the edge of, you know, of being existence, you know? So, I mean,
0: I, mean, every, I do give it to you, it's definitely walls.
1: post-apocalyptic. Okay.
0: Everywhere outside of the walls of the city is just nuclear wasteland.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and that's where all the, uh, the inbred hillbillies attack, yeah. uh, Stallone. And he's like, I knew you'd say that. You say that. Oh wait, that's a different movie. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I honestly have a lot to say about this movie. Um, I love this freaking movie. I was one of the few people, I think out of two thousand people that saw it in theaters, um, <laughs> a- amazing. I saw it in three D in theaters. It was fantastic. It's the best three D movie I've ever seen ever. Like the visuals when they when they're on the slow mo thing and like people are getting shot and you see like the bullet like passing through them and stuff. It's like it's freaking insane. And I was like, holy crap! This like it's very weird because like the gore is almost pretty, which is really weird to say. But they do a fantastic job of really stylizing the hyper violence. It's because the colors are so vibrant too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. They really like saturate all the well, all the colors and everything.
0: Do you remember the first scene with Mama? Uh, and she's in the bathtub and she's high in the slow mo and she's hitting the water up and yeah. the water just looks amazing. Yeah. Like it, it's 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 inc- it's an incredible sight.
1: Yeah. But what makes this movie so interesting to me, which honestly was established by the comics, obviously, because it's based on a comic book series. But the fact that humanity is is in a position where law enforcement is so shorthanded that they have to expedite the whole process where the police, exactly. The police are the judge, jury executioner. They have the power to sentence criminals on the spot. And I think that's from a, from like a real life perspective is horrifying. Yeah. Um, And they, this like dystopian future is all created on the fact that the police are, are understaffed. So they actually have judges policing the street and so that's why you have so much collateral damage because criminals are seeing the the fact that they could be sentenced and killed right then and there mm-hmm. <laughs> as like you know a last resort so they're going to do whatever they can to it's, escape it's
0: an escalation sure
1: yeah yeah but on top of that you have really cool aspects of the movie like where uh dread is like a very like by the book type of guy where and he's the he's established as the best judge that there is and he's famous with, with other judges who have never even met him Mm-hmm. And you have this rookie judge who's a mutant. She's a psychic who is taken under his wing. And it's, this is all a test. um, Like it's a ride along day where she's just with him. who is going to be tested. And yeah. essentially the worst possible situation happens. It's training where,
3: day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Much. Except dread isn't corrupt. And so you go through this whole experience with them and she breaks rules and she, she essentially fails her test um, based on the book, but, but dread is ready to pass her because she made the right decisions and he's already established as a guy who doesn't really do that. And I thought that was a really cool thing
0: throughout the day. I feel like he definitely changed his tune. So his character
1: growth was learning about nuance about Mm -hmm. learning about how it isn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be by the book. It isn't black and white. Sometimes you have to bend the rules in order to get the job done in order to make the right choices. And she demonstrated that, um, and really, really cool ending. And this is a movie, it's so underrated in my opinion. One of my one of my favorite movies. If we ever did like a top ten favorite movies episode, this would for sure be top five. Oh yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. Um and then like like Jay said, like Bobby said, Carl Urban's performance is fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I couldn't I, could, I couldn't see anybody else playing him in that movie. No,
1: for real. Just, and I could I could gush for Ever about how good this freaking movie is. So, uh,
0: <laughs> well, this just, this is officially now a review of Dread. Dread. So we, we, well, let's, we let's should do more. that.
1: We should do that at some point. Um, if you guys are down, just like oh, a short dude. episode, half hour maybe, Absolutely. about just a review of this movie. Um, because it is the only movie that we all three had on our list. Yeah. Which even is though it's surprising. on my number five. Even though number five my post apocalyptic
0: movies. Even though Jay hates it, but I number number five.
1: <laughs> Give me the guff. Well, just just pour it on, guys so that was give the <laughs> yeah well so that was our top five which surprisingly had a lot of variety we only had this one movie as a movie that we all repeated on a list so yeah, i think it'd be cool if we went over a few uh just honorable mentions um yeah. anybody who has any movies that they want to talk about that maybe didn't make the list um one that i would really like to talk about is snowpiercer um have, yeah. you, have you guys seen it i do i have it's
2: well, it's it's it's, it's a trip it's something else honestly um I I can't decide if I love it or I just kind of like it.
0: I hear or I hear it's <laughs> I a super it. interesting concept. Like it's it's all the last people on earth on a big train, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's there's just a class so system. contained like it's just I don't know. It's just in, everything's in one box and it's kind of weird.
0: So basically there's like a
1: couple notable like just, you know, bullet points is uh the the world is in an ice age so everybody lives on a train that rotates the earth. It just goes around the whole earth. Uh Yeah. Just keeps moving,
2: yeah. So it doesn't yeah. freeze. That's why, yeah,
1: exactly. So and there's a class system. So the rich people live at the front of the train. Poor people live at the back. Uh, the poor people are fed essentially protein bars that are made out of roaches. Um, hmm. So they're just like fed garbage. And and essentially the movie comes down to, a revolution. There's a revolution that happens. The poor people are fed up with being treated that way. And you know, it's it's really interesting. And it's like, what if society as a whole? Um, almost on a global level is all focused on the size of a train. Uh, really, really cool concept. So that's one of my honorable mentions. It almost made my list and I loved it. Chris Evans is really good in it. Tilda Swinson, really good in it. Uh, yeah. Hi- highly recommended. So uh, yeah. Anybody else have, have another honorable mention? Oh, I
2: mentioned,
0: uh, Oh, I'm sorry. There you go.
2: I'm going to go with uh, 12 monkeys. Uh, I don't know any, how many people have seen that. It's been a while. It's mid nineties movies. Uh, Brad Pitt and um, Bruce Willis. Uh, It's just trippy. Um, Bruce Willis is sent back in time to stop uh, Brad Pitt from releasing um, a virus. Um, He's got a revolutionary group um, called the 12 Monkeys. Um, And it's just, it's, it's, it's very trippy movie. It's very, uh,
0: uh, like in an insane asylum. Part of it, they
2: are in an insane asylum and then part of it, you know, they're not. And it's, it's just, it's worth a watch. It's really hard to explain, but it's definitely, it's worth, worth your, you know, two hours of your time.
0: Well, um, I was mentioning that I I put Interstellar. I switched that out with another movie just before we started uh, started recording here. I had, originally I had Days of Future Past, X-Men Days of Future Past. The reason I ended up taking it out is because not all of it is in the setting of the post-apocalyptic world, which is really what it came down to for me, but you have maybe a fifth of the movie that is and the part that is is really cool. Like you have in the current in the current day, you have Wolverine, you have uh, old Professor X, you have old Magneto, and I think you have Storm, uh, and then like a few of the other younger X-Men. And most other X-Men are dead. Uh, the Sentinels, like the Sentinel robots, have eliminated most or almost all mutants. And I think I can't remember exactly, but I think they also like it's basically it looks like the the Terminator world, like the the future Terminator world. Uh, it's just like there's like death camps and uh, like. New York is just like decimated and like barren, and there's like nothing there. And then, like late, like basically, you know, they send Wolverine back in time to make sure that Meg or uh, um, make sure that uh, Mystique doesn't assassinate um, Bolivar Trask yeah. and which would like accelerate the program because he's the one who came up with the Sentinels. Yeah. And it's just I, I really love that it's got the old cast of X-Men and it's also got the new first class uh, cast of the X-Men and going back and forth between present and future.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's just, it's really interesting. And, you know, the time travel doesn't necessarily like make a ton of sense because like you have well, some mutant power. Together. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, well, the thing is mostly, it's like you have like, um, both things happening simultaneously, uh, simultaneously, but it's like, it, it really shouldn't matter. Uh, like they shouldn't be happening on the same, like at the same time, if that makes sense, like yeah. two tracks right next to each other. You yeah. know, it it shouldn't really matter, but obviously the movie does that for dramatic effect. That but either way, the, yeah. either way, it's it's actually my uh, my second favorite um, X Men movie behind Logan. I think that it's really interesting because they have Wolverine in there, but he's not the main character
3: necessarily. Which is he's honestly
1: not... my biggest complaint with that movie. And uh, yeah. if if and when New Mutants ever comes out, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna rank the X Men movies. So keep an eye out for that. Um, uh, besides that, I've got a couple. I've got a list here of my honorable mentions that I want to uh, just rattle off real quick. Um, Twenty-eight days later was on this list actually. Um, I wanted to put it in my top five, but just not enough room. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. We talked about yeah. this in our disaster movie episode. Yeah. Uh, Cloverfield being one of my favorite disaster movies. Uh, this exists in the same universe, not not super connected, but really cool uh, mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic universe that they're in. Uh, Children of Men, probably. One of the best I don't movies. I'm
0: surprised that neither one of you had that.
1: Yeah, this is probably one of the best movies ever. Like it's it's a super clever concept. Uh, essentially, humanity can no longer uh, reproduce, um, as far as everybody knows. And there's one one lady who's a refugee who in a uh, in an anti-immigrant uh, UK who um, is pregnant, and the main character played by played by uh, played by Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Um, is tasked or essentially takes on the responsibility to transport her to a safe place. Really good movie. I Am Legend, uh, Will Smith, um, really, really great book. Um, they kind of bumbled the ending of the movie, but essentially the message is put there or is, is still established where he is essentially the monster that he's um, portrayed as being afraid of the whole time.
3: No. Um,
1: I have Oblivion, Tom Cruise movie. I think it's very underrated. Um, it's one of those movies that like, I don't think got really a lot of attention, but essentially the world is, is, uh, taken over by aliens. There's a bunch of people that are just surviving. who are hiding from the aliens. They're advertising
2: um, didn't do them any favors with their changing the title <laughs> several times. No, 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 no,
1: That's, that's edge of tomorrow, which is my last, uh, <laughs> oh, my last one. Yeah, yeah, okay. mention. last honorable mention. Yeah. Edge of tomorrow, Emily Blunt, Tom Cruise, fantastic movie. Phenomenal. I didn't, yeah, I didn't end up putting it in my top five because it didn't necessarily feel. And I talked it to Bobby feels more about this
0: disaster. It feels like more in the moment of this a disaster. Is,
1: yeah, this is less post-apocalyptic and and more current apocalyptic. It's more yeah. of a war movie, but awesome concept. Uh, also based on a book. Um, so any any chance you can to read the book over the movie or do both? I recommend mm-hmm. both. But yeah, those are those are my Audible mentions. Uh, fantastic movies that I couldn't fit in my top five. Oh, great. Um, so yeah, anybody else else have anything? There? I had
0: one more. Jay, uh, Jay and I uh, talked about it last week a little bit. I'm actually surprised the Postman didn't end up in Jay's list.
2: Yeah. I thought it was oh. going to. Or Waterworld.
3: <laughs> I Wolf. really did. Or Waterman. I Wolf. mean,
2: honestly, I love, I love both those movies. They're just a little too drawn out for anyone else they're, to. They're like, a little,
3: they're a little. To drawn be on
2: that level, yeah, they're they're dry, they're slow. It takes it takes. Um, they're an acquired taste, I would say. One I, thing
0: I love about the Postman is that Tom Petty's in it as Tom yeah, Petty, yeah. and like he's like. He's struck by the star power of the postman, yeah. rather than uh, the post, or rather than Kevin Costner's character being struck by Tom Petty's star power. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, isn't no, that no, weird no. that
1: Kevin Costner? Hit... Well, okay, he has Last of the Mohicans. He has Field of Dreams, but two of his probably most famous movies are post apocalyptic.
0: I was thinking that. Well, okay, he does post apocalyptic and he does baseball movies. He did. Wolves. You mean uh, Dancing uh, with, yeah, wolves. The, mean the the Dance with wolves, wolves? Not. Oh Nazis, yeah, Dancing right? with Wolves. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry,
1: sorry. Good call.
0: So uh, Kevin Costner, he's done, uh, let's see, he's done uh, Boulderham, he's done Field of Dreams. He did, oh, he did Uh, For the Love of the Game, I think it was. Oh, he uh, loves baseball,
3: that's why. He's yeah. Like baseball.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, and I, yeah. I I think it's great that he's in so many, but I didn't realize he was in so many post-apocalyptic
2: movies. I know, it's kind of off-topic, but one of my favorite movies of his is Mr. Brooks. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Before. I haven't it, seen it, but I've heard some good things. Yeah, actually, it's good. All
1: right, so keep an eye out next week. We're going to be doing uh, top five Kevin Costner movies, yeah, um, super topical because you guys been seen open Range? <laughs> open
3: <laughs> That's gonna be your number one. I know it's gonna be your number one.
1: You know why? Because it's also got uh, what's his name in it? Michael uh, Gambon, Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall, and
3: Michael Gambon. Yeah, oh, but
1: Jay loves Duvall. All right, so yeah, I think we should probably wrap this episode up. Um, we're going on, we're going a little long. Um, anybody have anything else to add? Final thoughts?
0: Uh, no, I just think it was. I think this is a really. Uh, it's weird to say fun, but this is a fun topic. Um, it'll be fun if we never get to this point. So that'll be good.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, with that said, uh, I hope everybody stays safe out there. Uh, like I said, last week, stay healthy, hey, uh, practice, practice yeah. social distancing, stay away from people, wash your hands, uh, hand sanitizer, if you got it. Uh, and for the people that have to end up going to work, um, you know, thank, thank you. Basically. Yeah, I don't want to you. make this like a, uh, like a military thing but thank you for your service essentially and everybody on the front lines people in the medical industry um, keep it up and the we definitely appreciate and it
3: just everything just keep yeah. us going
1: exactly and everybody who's in quarantine quote unquote in quarantine quote unquote quarantine i stumbled on my words out right there uh keep listening to our podcast uh this is episode eight so uh, we got a pretty significant backlog backlog like comment sub- subscribe uh, let tell us, us, know where tell we're us wrong. if you like
0: it. Tell us, us if know. you don't. Just yeah, let us know. Yeah,
1: share with your you friends. Because honestly, you know, we're trying. We're we're three really good friends. We're best friends essentially. Uh, two of us family, so we're best friends, by not by choice. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I accept them anyways. Um, yeah. so yeah, we're trying to build a community here. Uh, anybody who wants to interact with us, I mean, we're super open. We we have a lot of time on our hands, um, especially since we're staying inside most of the time. So interact with us check us out on all of our social media jay at the jagger bobby at iv down 12
0: uh well yeah just go to twitter uh twitter.com forward slash nrd wave and uh you can like yeah. we post all of our stuff there yeah. find trying social to media. uh get more check out our instagram we'll,
2: instagram we'll nrd wave yeah, also
1: yeah yeah i don't want to sound like i'm begging but for the love of god please interact with us <laughs> uh, we want to keep man. this going as long as we can guys so which yeah. will be indefinitely because it costs us almost
0: nothing. So We're, we're losing our funding. <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of money.
2: Oh,
1: God. I only have $10 in the bank account.
0: We're getting um, $1,200 from
1: Uncle Donald, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Donald. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, uh, yeah, stay safe. Uh, keep riding that. Oh, that's bodybuilding. Sorry. Stay away from my life, See you man. next time. And He's riding that way Wow. Good you ride that dog.